Welcome to Base Space. A crypto podcast. Base Space. I guess we'll we'll just run it and uh, yeah, people join in. That's totally cool, guys. I also uh, pinned the the promo tweet at the top of the space. Big help, y'all could retweet. Just spread it around a little bit. Goes a long way. Yeah, we'll get that going on our side too. Yeah, we also record these quotes, and so it'll be on like the YouTube channel. Cool. As well, we'll we'll be able to promote it there. Nice. Well, cool, man. Um, yeah, so a little bit of background, I guess, for you on, like, these spaces. Um, I don't know. how Are you familiar at all with, like, the base space or have you tuned into any of our episodes before? I've popped in. I've popped in a, a few spaces. I think I popped in when you were, like, early, early on, too, like, when you were first, like, starting. I Like, I vaguely remember that. Um, but, yeah, so I pop in and out. I don't think I've stayed, like, for a full one. You, you do the marathon runs sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, the, the history of the space for you is that, uh, you know, we, I basically got into like the Twitter spaces beta, like super early. Right. So I was like the only one. That's probably why I was just Twitter. like, oh, wait, who's this only person with a Twitter space in here? <laughs> <laughs> I was legit the only one that had it. And so like, I would host the space and like all the homies would just join in and we would meet everyone on Twitter. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's how the space started. That's how I met super uh, that's how I met like Chase or other co-hosts who's on here regularly. Um, and yeah, man, we just kind of eventually like decided to take the route of turning, turning the space into like more of an educational forum. So we've had everyone from Jay, I'm sure, you know, Jay, um, from, from Ava Labs. Oh, yeah. uh, we've had people like we had Jiho on super early, <laughs> uh, which was, which was crazy. Uh, we've had like the founder of Alliance block on, um, and I guess, I mean, we've probably had like 50 plus episodes at this point of different projects and, and protocols coming on the space. So. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks, dude. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's a ton of fun just meeting, meeting everyone. And, uh, you know, it's just such a global community, right? So you get so many different cultures and, and perspectives in it. I, I just thoroughly enjoy it. How long have you been in the space here? So, I mean, like, I'm going to start interviewing you randomly. Like, how long have you you've been in the space? <laughs> like, kind of, like, where, where is your just general background? Or are you coming in from the DGen side? Where are you are you currently working in the space outside of just supporting the, the community? Yeah, I was really first exposed to crypto, I would say, in, like, 2017, um, during that whole, during that whole bull run. Um, and ramp up. I actually initially, funny enough, I thought like crypto was like a scam. So <laughs> like, I was like one of those people. I was like super skeptical about crypto. I was seeing like one of my homies at work was doing like all these things with the ice, the huge ICO boom that was happening at the time. Good times. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is going on here? He's like, no, we just ate this, right? Just ate this. Don't ask questions. Problem. Get in, loser. We're making money. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of like what he was telling me yeah so um really got in like around that time uh funny enough i still like i i initially purchased crypto on Robinhood, so i'm like also one of those people that Robinhood introduced me to crypto so i actually still have all my original bitcoin and ethereum like trapped on my robin you actually now. don't own <laughs> in reality you actually don't own any bitcoin or ethereum because Robinhood has them custodied and you'll never be able to touch them i i, I thought they rolled that out they haven't rolled that out as of yet um for you to be able to i i, uh, I honestly don't know i don't log into my Robinhood account so <laughs> it's just it's just kind of it's just kind of chilling like i have like a bunch of stocks that i i was doing some like stock trading on there at one point and I had I purchased a bunch of crypto and I've just been letting it ride to be honest. I dig it. No, my family uh, would always just hit me up. I was like, "Hey, should I buy this stuff on Robinhood?" And I said, "No." Like it's just like one of those hard no's, and I just like I will hang up the phone on you and never speak to you ever again if you buy anything off <laughs> Robinhood. It's actually pretty funny. Um, I don't want because then they're going to complaining to me that I I why they can't get their money out. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I, I only point people there if they tell me, oh, I don't want to sign up for exchange. I've had that 
barrier before mm. uh, where people just don't want to even sign up for anything. I'm like, okay, like the least they could do is probably purchase whatever coins are on Robin. Right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, uh, it's better than the money sitting in your bank account at this point. That's true, <laughs> so, right? You know, the dollars going to zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What What about you, Quayson? How'd you How'd you get started in crypto? Yeah, I'm like one of those people who like. I swear I I tell myself I didn't get in early and then when I start talking about it I realize like I got in, you know, relatively early. So, you know, I, I found out about it in around twenty twelve. One of my good friends was dating an engineer at Microsoft and he was buying his drugs off Silk Road. Um and they she was he was like telling me like kind of what this thing is. And I was like, No, I'm good with the drugs. What is this Bitcoin thing that you're buying this stuff with? Um and then, you know, early 2013 is when, like, Coinbase launched. And it was, like, one of those moments where it's like, I'll take a bet. And and that, that's pretty much kind of how I got in. Like, I bought a bunch of Bitcoin around then. Um, and that was around the time where everybody thought Satoshi, it was, like, maybe, like, a year later, too. I can't remember the timeline specifically. But within that timeline of the next, like, three years, um, People thought Satoshi was an actual Japanese person. This random guy who lived in, I guess, was it California, if you remember. Um, yeah, I remember that. So, like, the, the price had ramped up. It was that time covered, reached, like, $1,000, and then it dumped hard. And then when it dumped hard, I think I sold, like, 80% of my Bitcoin to... It, it's, like, one of those, like, really shitty stories. Like, I sold 80% of it to um, this stupid website that promised that it can like you put in like x parameters and it would just spin up a website for you it was like an ai based website and you know 2014 you know something like that something stupid back then <laughs> and you know they said oh we could do it for one bitcoin like they were taking bitcoin and i i oh my to God. this day I, I like it's like one of those things like oh wow i got rugged in 2014 because First of all, who would have thought to have taken Bitcoin at that at, at that date and time? So um, I tell a lot of people who are new in the space, it's like, you're not actually a part of the space until you get rugged at some point in time. I just got rugged really, really early. Um, so yeah, did, forgot about it for a little while. Then like, uh, you know, 2017 came in. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I still have a little bit here in, 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 in my Coinbase. Like a week later, Ethereum popped up. I'm sitting in my office and like really looking at the, the Ethereum white paper and I'm like, this shit is interesting. Um, and then just dumped in and, and yeah, that's long, longer story short after that. I'm, that's, I'm still here. Um. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm also super curious. Like how did you make your way over to like the avalanche ecosystem then? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I have a knack. So just generally speaking, my background is in advertising, you know, I, I went to an engineering school and then decided that I hated engineering. I went to NJIT. I'm based in, in Jersey. Um, and then I immediately kind of hopped into advertising and kind of worked my way up. I worked at all the like really, really big agencies, worked on all the really big campaigns for like Burger King, um, Macy's, you know, uh, Sprints, you know, doing mainly as a digital producer. Um, so like I, I was always like building building out web products, um, and I've always I was always just trying to be ahead of 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 the tech, and and I think that's the reason why I ended up in Bitcoin. That's the reason why like I went so deep into Ethereum early on. That's the reason why I got so deep into DeFi like almost immediately um, when kind of Uniswap hit the market uh, in, in Compound, but it. With Avalanche, I think it was like twenty late twenty seventeen, maybe twenty eighteen, when the white paper hit. I I was I was reading about the Avalanche consensus and then the Team Rocket paper that mysteriously showed up, which I really just think is Kevin and and then just trying to be anonymous, um, talking about the the talking about Avalanche and kind of how they figured out their their novel consensus mechanism. And I said, oh wait a minute, this could actually be a thing. And we just had, I just ha literally just had to wait a couple years, right? Um, until like August of last year where they actually launched. And the second they launched, I just ate in and I said, I believed in the white paper so much. And it's kind of been one of those things where that I just held that conviction 
and kind of got rewarded for it. Same thing with some of the other projects within the Avalanche ecosystem. And I think that's, it's true, like time in the market with any halfway decent product beats like trying to time the market itself with trades. And, you know, I learned that really, really quickly. But with Avalanche, the, I, I think it's definitely one of the, the, the most competitive uh, layer one um, out there. Right. I, I think they're the ones that have probably the best opportunity to compete with Ethereum and even in a longer run to actually like take over. Like I, I, it took me a while to even get to a point where I could say that, but you know, I, I'm starting to be able to say that with confidence just from the point of view of not just the technology, but their business development team is like, they're, they're a bunch of sharks, man. Every two seconds you're seeing Avalanche is doing something crazy that no one else in the space has been able to do from a business development side, from a partnership side. And, and I think that that bodes well to expanding crypto into the real world. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I personally see Avalanche as the only competitor right now to Ethereum. I agree. Just because it's taken way too long for you too. And I get it. Obviously, I'm not a dev, so I don't know how hard it really is to um, achieve what they're trying. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I agree. It's- Avalanche is still... It's the decentralized nature of Ethereum, right? And then also it's it's that issue of like the first person out the gate gets shot, right? Ethereum was the, the first out the gate to create smart contracts, right? So, you know, they they don't know what they don't know in terms, they didn't know what they didn't know in terms of like how to build and what this was going to become. They didn't, you know, I'm sure Vitalik didn't assume it would be, th- it would grow this big this quickly. Um, and and he always gives the 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 phrase of like it's trying to get to ETH two is like trying to change the jet engine mid flight right, um, and the, the the challenge more in my opinion with 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 ETH and specifically ETH two and then when sharding comes into play is even when ETH two hits, uh, Avalanche Polkadot they're already better even when ETH two hits and that's like. Oh crap! Right, because you have parachains, you have subnets, right, and and sharding only does one aspect of that um, in terms of the scalability. But when it when it comes to you know kind of rolling out different forms of governance, like that's you know they're already ahead. They're already a Gen three, um, and we don't have to talk about Cardano here. But you know, and and this should show that that's become. But you know, that's that's a, that's a story for another day. I mean, we're 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 Cardano maxis, right? Super no, maxis. no, that's, that's I have, all we hold. Can I, I have IRL try to convince me, and I'm just like, I'm not there on it. So and he's like, just buy. I will tell you, Cardano. Shout out to Charles Hoskinson because Charles Hoskinson is like has done well for me. You know, like I, I found Cardano when it first rolled out, right? Like it was. You know, I didn't even like read. I'm like, I, I am really a degen at at heart, right? I in 2017, all I saw was. Ethereum co-founder creates new coin. And I said, yes. And then I just bought a ton of Cardano and <laughs> wrote it out all the way through, you know, up last year. I still hold a shit ton of it. And, you know, holding it back from when it was like 10 cents and then even in twenty in 2020 when it buying more when it was two cents, it did me well from a financial point of view. Now, do I think in the long run that they're they're gonna do well no i think avalanche is what cardano thinks it is right in terms of how they execute um and in terms of the the opportunities that they they've provided and you know the the big thing is is that able labs even emin gun um he's abstracting himself away from being like the the savior of the of the platform with Ava Labs, like you hear from him and you know he's the founder, but like everything lives and breathes under Charles Hoskinson, whether you want to or not. And IOHK is kind of just this random thing. Whereas on the Avalanche side, Ava Labs is just like, they're just monsters. I just love those guys. Like if you're trying to build, I don't know if anybody in here is trying to build, like if you're trying to build something on the Avalanche ecosystem, it's like super easy to get in touch with the Able Labs team. And if you're building anything halfway decent, they throw like their entire team at you and saying, how can we help? And that's that's strong ecosystem growth, right? Like no one else is doing that. You know, uh, I don't know how to get in contact with anybody at IOHK. It's almost like a, you know, ivory tower type situation over there. Yeah, dude, I, uh, <laughs> we're kind of going off on Avalanche right now, but 
I love uh, communicating with Jay over there. Like he's so easy to hit up. I'm like, Hey, I want to connect with this avalanche project. Can you help us out? Like I, I second everything you said about the team. Like that's, that's in general, just been my experience. And then you find out like everybody over there are like true kill. Like Jay, I think he was like on the founding team for WBTC or something like that. Like something crazy where you're like, wait a minute. Like the, everybody in here knows what they're doing. They've done this before. Oh, this is bound to succeed. There is no such thing for failure. It, it, an avalanche is definitely coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I regret telling. Uh, oh, go ahead, me too, my bad. No, go for it. No, nah, I had um, obviously bought like the knockoff punks, the uh, the Avax. Punks. Me too. <laughs> I got rugged on that one. There was two of them. Did you know that? Yeah. They, there was a real. There was like a fake oh, one and a I real did. one. I did. The later one apparently was a real yeah. one, which was. <laughs> So weird, but that's the one I bought. Uh, me and my friend uh, Don, but I made some money on it, made some AVAX, and then I just decided to degen around with the AVAX. Didn't fully realize, you know, what it was going to be. AVAX was. Yeah, and I was like, shit. <laughs> I definitely got but, rugged on the original AVAX punks for sure, for sure. But then again, like I'm in, I probably own every single AVAX project, a NFT project that that's out there. Like half of what we do is just like play half of what i do specifically is just like i'm just buying every single nft project because the ecosystem is so small right now and so engaged mm -hmm. that you know all we want to do is support each other it's like not competitive at all it's like the weirdest thing everybody everybody's in love with each other so all we do is support each other's projects well the, not only that i mean and that's a beautiful thing is the support in the community but when normies decide that they want to start interacting with DeFi and web3 they're not going to want to pay each gas fee so they're going to look at the second best option and that in my eyes and i think we can agree on that is Avalanche. for sure so those nft projects a lot of them will blow up just because people want to get involved in nfts regardless and now that they can buy them you know uh frictionless and and cheap with transaction fees i mean if it looks good it'll probably blow up well, I think speaking into answering your, your your original question about why, you know, like how we ended up on Avalanche or how I ended up on Avalanche more than anything, it, it's just uh, paying attention to kind of how money flows and how money flows through ecosystems, right? So it, it's kind of like the same in, I guess, the real world, right? What, what, do, what do people do when they have a lot of money? They start spending it on you know real world jpegs right <laughs> like they start spending it on paintings and and art and and things of that nature and when avalanche's DeFi started rolling out i said and i started seeing the 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 traction that started to build with the DeFi systems in avalanche and i said whoa you know the the dexes are clean you know the there's real innovative projects happening here people are going to make money like there's yield generate being generated over here okay that means there's going to be a market for for more fun, creative things around art and, and around gaming, because that's just the second people have a shit ton of money. The first thing that they do is they start spending it on things that are, you know, uh, ancillary things or, you know, things, things that they don't necessarily need for their day to day. And I totally agree with that because I don't have a huge portfolio, but I had made some money through the, the bull market. And uh, especially on Avalanche because of those punks. And then I, th I bought something else, some other NFT project that I sold. Anyway, so <laughs> then I just started spending the money on something dumb. And I'm like, wait, I could use this money. And you forget it. But and you forget it. I, I know. <laughs> you t I tell my team all the time. And I was like, stop pricing things in USD. Only price it in, in, in Avalanche or in the native token. But sometimes that's mm -hmm. like uh, the bad advice because you don't realize how much money you're spending <laughs> when, you're, when you're kind of going deep in some of these projects. Yeah, I know. I was buying a, I, I forget what he's on ETH, but it's just like point something something ETH, point something something ETH, and you're like, yeah, that's nothing, that's nothing. Next thing you know, you spend a couple grand on, on ETH NFTs, and you're like, wait a second, what, what am I doing? For sure. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, there's a um. um so, oh no 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 you got no. It. I was just gonna say there's a tool um where you can track like how much gas you've spent on ETH before and I, and I looked at it the other day and I almost got sick and I was just like yeah you know especially during defi summer I don't know if anybody you know in this in the space was around during defi summer like specifically when 
there was just a whole bunch of YF clones, right? So, you know, urine rolled out and then everybody just started creating every single version of, of that. Like I was deep in that space as well. Like I was kind of helping out different projects like Ample and um, YF Beta was one where I was kind of helping out. Um, and it the, just the gas fees were just ridiculous. And you realize like, wow, man, I, I just spent like a Jeep on gas fees over the past year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it, it can get outrageous for sure. But bringing that back to why Avalanche is a, uh, you know, a real competitor is you don't have that on Avalanche. It's so smooth and it's so cheap, and sometimes you forget what you're doing because it's so cheap, and you don't have time to realize what you're transacting on. Sometimes, oh, for sure, it's the know. credit. It's the it's the 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 one click pay. It's like the Amazon Quick Buy where you don't realize, like you don't have to go through any friction, yeah. and you yeah. start having so much good interactions I, like for example on ether and in, 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 when you're doing like DeFi transactions on on the ethereum network right you have to be very like all right is this how much i want to move is that how much i want mm-hmm. like you have to be very yeah because you know it's going to cost you anywhere from 10 yeah. to 150 bucks in order to make this transaction whereas like i'm just kind of like flipping around and on avalanche it's like oh no i didn't get the full thing i wanted oh let me just move the whole thing back oh no let me put, move this back and it's like oh that only cost me a buck or 13 cents and then i don't know if you saw the the latest update that they were able to drop their fees even more right um uh, I did not see yeah that. so with the they have i forgot with the I, it's like a peach tree or something like that. i keep forgetting the name of it you got sometimes they have like really funny updates um but the the gas fees actually got dropped even more over the a couple weeks ago you know people were complaining about it and the devs they they fixed it right so super nimble team super active oh yeah well Clayson, uh, while I have you here talking about NFTs, for those that don't know, um, can you describe what Lost Worlds is at a high level? Yeah. So, hi, everybody. Um, my name is Quason. So I'm the CEO of, of Lost Worlds. Lost Worlds, at its simple form, is just a location-based NFT platform. Um, the, the through line to that is what we're trying to do is we're trying to find ways of bringing NFTs into the real world. So we created this platform where we can drop NFTs at geographically bound locations, right? So we could drop an NFT and have it bounded to a specific lat long, and you have to be there in order to mint them, right? So a lot of people give different parallels of saying, oh, that's like Pokemon Go, right, for NFTs. Or if you're in the the native crypto space, it's like, oh, that's like Poet, but way better because it's not a qr code it's it's associated to your your phone right um so we what we're doing is we're we're bringing nfts into the real world by with geographical boundedness with with location based nfts and then there's like a whole bunch of other kind of cool factors that we've added on to it um including uh yield generating uh capabilities for projects that launch on our platform so that that is uh, what Lost Worlds is at a high level, location based NFTs. Yeah, and I think that's super cool. I was actually talking to um, my boss earlier, right, and we're a uh, NFT game um, of sorts. And I was like, we could totally do this at like conventions, right? For from like a marketing standpoint, for sure. Drop. And then an NFT drop at the convention and you've already got thousands of people there, hundreds of people there and they see it and you're like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> and then everybody becomes a part of that. And now you got more more organic growth for your project or any project, really. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, we we were in we're still technically in beta. We haven't done our official launch like that. That launch will probably coincide with our IDO. But um we 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 went mainnet to test like our application on mainnet. We've been on testnet in our and in our Discord where people have been kind of playing on the the Fuji testnet as well as on some like local testnets. But we went mainnet, and it, as opposed to like just going mainnet and kind of having people play in beta with real money, we dropped a bunch of NFTs at the Central Miami in partnership with the Pangolin team, right? So we were able to drop a, like a rare Pangolin NFT. Um, 
right on their booth at the central Miami and people were kind of flocking and minting. And then, you know, we have a secondary marketplace. So people from all over the world were trying to buy one of the 20 uh, rare pangolin NFTs um, on the secondary marketplace. You know, uh, uh, those who can't be named, some people on our team kind of minted one of them and kind of sold it back for like six or seven AVAX um, after minting it for one, which was hilarious. So, you know, people are making profits out here. Yeah, that no, that's definitely super cool. And like, I I know um, a lot of people just think about the short term, but think about the long term of this. Like, you guys are you're breaking ground in a in a new space and with new technology. Like five years from now, if you say you own that one from the you know the Miami show, that's like a almost like a time stamp in time. It it, it I don't know. It's so cool to me. Yeah, um, you're hitting like really and- important points, right? It's it's you're hitting like multiple points, right? Even working backwards, like the point of the idea that there's a stamp in time, right? The the lat long and the location of where that NFT was minted is stored on chain, right? So when you mint it, mm-hmm. all of that is on chain. So it's proof that you were there. And that proof is there forever, right? Because it's 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 immutable. It's it, it it's on on the blockchain. Um and there's so many things that you can do with that just as an idea uh, as a whole. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that is, I think that's super special and it's really a really cool time that we're in just to see like bright minds create projects like these. Like, I don't know when I was growing up, I never really thought stuff like this would be possible. And then, you know, it, it happens. So I, I think that's really cool. Um, and so I know it's merging like the physical and the digital realms um, and I know you guys are still in beta, but do you guys think that maybe in the future with, uh, say like augmented reality, would you be able to throw glasses on and say, there's like a huge tower where the, uh, yeah. where the nation is and it, it, it almost is like that Pokemon go like gems. No. Tower yeah. You're, you're, you're hitting, you're hitting some, you're hitting our roadmap. Right. So one, we, I'll, I'll, I'll explain, I'll explain it this way in terms of how we see the world, right? Everybody has been talking about the metaverse, the metaverse, the metaverse, the metaverse, right? And when they they think about the metaverse, they're they're all they're thinking all the way at the end where it's, you know, you're plugging yourself up into the freaking matrix at this point, right? And you're living in this kind of different world, right? All of a sudden, the metaverse conversation has made me realize like how real the matrix probably is. Um, But um, that world in my opinion, is like three or four generations away, right? Where we're fully there because there's a few things that have to to get adjusted, right? One, I don't think anybody in this space is, I don't think mentally we'd be able to be comfortable with like booting our entire consciousness into like some form of virtual reality kind of situation. You know, the neural link is coming out right now. Like there's all this stuff, but I, I, I don't think our psyches can handle it, right? I think we have to get eased into it. Um, so that, that's, that's one aspect of it. Um, and then two, just the technology isn't there yet, right? The, you know, we may have the visual aspects of, of VR specifically, and I'll get into the AR side in a second, but we can, the, the VR aspect of it is, um, the visual side might be there, right? And the computer vision side might be there, but, you know, when, when it comes to haptic feedback and kind of tying that back into the, the, the visual responses, it, we're, we're still a little bit, a bit of ways, right, off from that. Um, so in the interim, I think that this world of AR and rich AR experiences is what's really going to drive the true concept of the metaverse, right? The, and I hate using the word metaverse. We have our own name for it. We call it like the lost layer, right? But it's 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 a cheap way of saying it's our own enclosed system that uh, allows you to have those experiences in the in the the both physical and digital world. So I think that hybrid. Everybody uses the, the term Ready Player Go um, world is is more real. Um, but we want to make sure we're thinking about it kind of in the present moment as opposed to some crazy potentiality or real future reality where it looks like the fifth element or something like that, right? Like it's, it's more along the lines of how do we integrate brands into this? How do we integrate day-to-day experiences into this? How do we make your real, how do we enhance your real world experience with 
digital additives, right? And th- that's kind of the way that we've been we've been thinking about it. Um, and so when it comes to the AR side, we've been right now it's on everything is on a two D map, and we've been engaging a number of partners um, in terms of what that would look like, and it is on our roadmap. Um, from the point of view of the phone right now you can just use the phone's camera where like you're moving the phone and you're at a location like the empire state building and then oh wow the the camera showing you the nft right now if the the tooling gets to a place where maybe google lenses come back and they come back in a good way um then we can utilize glasses and computer uh, from that point of view and I, and I think those would be cool ways, but we, we want to move from the point of view of reality of where the tech is right now. Even AR right now is kind of clunky. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of optimizing for uh, the the best UX in today's time. Yeah, I think you hit multiple great points. And I definitely agree that I don't think that the, uh, the technology is necessarily there yet, but I think that, you know, obviously it's the start of something brand new and it, that it will be there. Um, and that's super exciting as well. And back on the whole point of like humans not being ready to hook up, you know, the consciousness to basically the metaverse. I agree with that. I, I think there's a lot of, I mean, and this is just my opinion, but like moral ifs with me of doing that, but that just depends on the person, but it starts to merge into like you were saying, like the matrix being real. Like if you can upload your consciousness onto the blockchain or onto the metaverse, then I mean, technically wouldn't you live forever and, or you could switch to worlds and. Oh man. Yeah. I, we could have a whole conversation about that. Like I literally yeah. hit me the other day and I was just like, wait a minute, like between Neuralink and, you know, you, you in essence having a, 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 pro, a software system in you running your body, right. Controlling your, 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 your functionality, and it could be your mental functionality too. And us, you being able to transfer into a digital reality, you know, in essence, humans just end up becoming a battery pack, right? What, especially with AI, like uh, with the, the, so, you know, I'm also a conspiracy theorist to high health. So, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I lend myself to, to those types of ideas, but like, for me, I just like, wait a minute, how does that not happen at this point? It freaks me out or, you know? Elon Musk always talks about how AI is his biggest fear. And like, I'm starting to see, see how that can become a reality. And I'm like, Ugh. Um, but yeah, doesn't mean you shouldn't use yeah. lost worlds though. <laughs> oh no, for sure. I think, I think uh, not that we'll be forced to be using things like this or technology like this, but it'll just become a way of life yeah. and it'll just be created with like, how we do our day to day, basically. For sure, you can't you can't operate in at least America without a credit card, right? And it's just because of the nature of all of the on and off ramps and being able to like access certain things. And 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 I think as the norm starts to evolve with the technology, you'll you'll start finding that with AR, VR, with implants. Like say, for example, if you know the Neuralink kind of becomes commonplace, right? Where all the smart kids in the school in your college have it, like you won't be able to compete uh, with them unless you get it. And it just creates this prisoner's dilemma where eventually everybody has to kind of upload themselves. And then, then again, our phones are in essence like computers that yeah, we attach right. to. So. <laughs> yeah, no, and I agree with you. And that's just like those steps, like the evolution of technology. Um, but I, I also think that it can be used for good. I, I don't want to sound like a negative Nancy over here. For sure. um, and you had mentioned like, brands using lost worlds to kind of uh expand themselves and that goes into my next question so <clears throat> you can do music and video and art and fashion game avatar eh, game avatars like all this is on your website as well do you guys see yourself being as like the one-stop shop for people to, and upload all these drops um geographically into say different cities and then eventually i guess you know all around the world yeah. So our business is, it, it, it's funny. Like when we first came up with the idea for the business, we just had one, I, we had like one project that we wanted to do, right? We wanted to do, and it, it ended up becoming portals. If you look in the, the audience there, you can see portals. We just announced it, the, the Twitter handle for, for it today. So if anybody wants to follow it to stay up to date with kind of what's going on there, that just got launched like a couple hours ago. Um, but it was just one project where we said, what if we dropped a bunch of NFTs at a bunch of random landmarks 
Um, and we, we created a lore around each landmark. It was like, what would happen if, you know, the, the Hagia Sophia was overtaken by ice or the Louvre, all the anarchists took over the Louvre, right? And then just showcasing what those NFTs would actually look like. Um, but the only way you get those NFTs is if you actually go there, right? So you have to experience that landmark and then collect this NFT so you can imagine what it would be like as you're collecting the NFT, right? Bringing, bringing these digital experiences into the real world or the, world, the, the real world to digital experiences. Um, and in that, we just, as we're building this idea, we, we started coming up with like another idea and then another idea and then another idea. And then we started realizing, like, wait a minute, we're, we're, we can't keep up with the amount of ideas that come out of this. Maybe we should turn this into a, a, a platform um, and then allow other people to come up with ideas, right? And give other people and creators the opportunity to utilize this as a tool to express themselves and to utilize location as a means of, uh, of both creation and, and scarcity, right? Because it, it adds a new level of scarcity with, by, by, with location boundedness. Um, and so we, we're a platform, right? And we're a curated platform, meaning that we allow, we, we kind of gate what, what creators can, can come on the platform for many reasons. Um, and then we also have our relationships with brands. Um, and there's two ways that that happens. It's either they go, come directly onto the platform, the lostworlds.io platform or whatever it may be, but then also we can white label these solutions. You know, I, I can't name them publicly here, but we're in talks with, you know, a well-known um, QSR quick service restaurant um, to drop NFTs at all their locations in the country, right? In the United States. And it wouldn't sit on the Lost Worlds platform, it would be a, a, a custom solution, right? It would, they, they would have their own landing page and their, or their own microsite, I should say. And, you know, it would have a fiat to crypto gateway. These are, these are things that were, you know, we don't know if that, this will actually happen, but we've been getting interest like that all the time. Like I have, I have calls like one, one, one to two calls a week with some brand or agency that sees the value of this. Um, so as much as we say, like, we're we're the one-stop shop i think it's less of the fact that we're one such as we're the only people that can actually deliver on it at the moment right so we're, we'll probably end up being the one-stop shop uh, until somebody else can deliver on it and then you know we'll, we'll welcome them and then we'll beat them because we're probably better i love that <laughs> you had something that you were gonna add uh, say that again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I was, I was just wondering, like, how are you guys, like, going about, like, proving that a user is actually at that location? Um, you know, I, for one, am a little bit tech savvy and can, like, manipulate my phone. For sure. And I'm at certain places, right? For sure. Um, how are you guys getting around uh, Yeah, that? in essence, you're trying to figure out how do we get around location spoofing. So, like, there's there's different ways that we, we go about doing that, right? Um, and if on the, the current version, the beta version, obviously... We, we haven't rolled all of all of that out uh, as of yet. And the, that's like some of the different implementations that we're, we're walking through at the moment. But at a high level, what we end up doing is that when you kind of are within a range or that kind of, when you are within range of an NFT, what we do is we collect a set of location data from the front end of our app. And that information is sent to our validators, right? So like a Lost Worlds validator. Right now, the, the validator is ran by the Lost Worlds team. Eventually, that could be ran by different nodes on a network for whatever it may be. But those validators are running various anti-spoofing mechanisms, right? And those spoofing mechanisms range from the basic kind of IP checks, but then it's like, okay, but you could spoof your IP checks. So we have different forms of validators that run through. Some of them include similar things to Pokemon Go, um, that we're, we're running in, especially as we get into an app, we'll be able to kind of implement that um, e even more. Um, it, some of them I obviously can't share because then it becomes like secret sauce and then you could like reverse engineer it. One thing that I would say, and th this is the thing that I always like to try to caveat to people, right, is we do, we're not like a proof of location platform. We're not foam. We're not trying to compete with a, a, a foam. Like we're not trying to do on-chain um, location-based uh, services or decentralized. We're not trying to do decentralized location-based protocol services. Um, 
only because of the fact that there's a bunch of companies that are already doing it. it in terms of the tech and the experience is very much like a Pokemon Go, right? There's a lot of friction in order to get to a location from Pokemon Go. Um, and if you really, 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 really want to get there, you know, if you want to break out an emulator and then you want to kind of mask your IP, if you want to do, you in order to like break our system, you have to do like, you have to reverse engineer about like four or five things. And theoretically you can do it, but you actually have to know what, how to do it, right? It's actually relative, it's actually kind of hard to do, right? So that that's where we're at. And then also we're always at the cutting edge of it. Um, I'll, I'll say it here. I know we're recording, but, um, you know, I don't know if I'm supposed to say, but we are working with some of the bigger platforms. We just haven't officially announced it yet in terms of bringing some of those location-based services for Square. Um, you didn't hear that from me, but it's, those are the types of kind of technical services that we're, we're bringing on our platform um, in order to, to help with the, the anti-spoofing or the location spoofing. Yeah, that's super cool. My bad, me too. Just real quick, are you guys going to eventually have a token? You know, because uh, my wife invested that. Yeah, um, we are, we, uh, I guess this is alpha, right? Like, we we, we will be doing a token launch. Um, it, it'll probably be um, in the next, sometime early Q1. Right, we're we're it's it's an active it's an active thing that's happening behind the scenes right now. Um, it'll coincide with kind of just more of a ramp up of of what we're doing um, as a platform. You know, that is to say, we also have like our own internal projects, which are their own NFT drops. Like I keep mentioning portals that you guys can see there, um, and you could check out some of the videos and uh, and some of the cool creative stuff that's happening there. But yeah, so there will be a token. Um, the lost token for now, right? That's that's kind of what we're going with, um, and 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 yeah, it, it, there's tons of kind of cool stuff that's coming down the pipeline with that one. Yeah, that's definitely exciting because um, a lot of the NFT or even gaming projects. I know you guys aren't a gaming project, but uh, that we've had on typically just blow up after we've had them on. So I don't want to make that mistake, you know, twice, three times, um, and plus. You guys just have a really cool project that you're doing, and I and I really like it. So, yeah, we appreciate it, man. Like, look, we're 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 trying to do something that hasn't been done in the space, but that's obviously needed. It, you know, we just somebody reminded us that we're building a primitive in this space. If you look at my Twitter bio, I say like I like building NFT and DeFi Lego blocks, and that that's what this is. This is a potential Lego block into the space. This is something that kind of adds a different layer of, of utility and functionality for, for NFTs. Um, and we want as many people as possible to help us, right? Um, and that would, that would be really, really cool if we can get as many people in the community to help us who have questions that want to jump in from there as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And we, we actually ask a lot of the projects that we have on um, if they're hiring just because a lot of our users want to get interacted with web three and just work in the space and uh, what positions do you guys have open? What do you guys need uh, help with? Community managers. Really? That's kind of the, the thing that we need a lot of help with right now is we, our team, we're, we're, we're a nimble team and we're just like building left and right. And, you know, if you know me, like I'm kind of a little, filter sometimes i'm a little filtered it depends i'm being recorded now so i'm more filtered than normal but um <laughs> normally what we what we're looking for is somebody to really help foster and engage our community like i haven't even red pilled you guys on some of the opportunities that lost worlds prevent presents that you haven't even like thought about right because if you think about what location-based nfts are Location-based NFTs really mean that there is a place in which people can gather in one spot in order to obtain some digital token. And that digital token has a utility that says you have rights to this, i.e. it could be a DAO, right? So you can have location-based DAOs or community-based DAOs, right? Where if people are surrounding, like you get an NFT that anybody who holds the, the the you know the New York the New York City NFT is a part of the New York City DAO, right? And maybe there's only a limited amount of them that that are are there, and 
you now have a sub DAO that's sitting under the Lost Worlds token. But how do you fostering those things is is really hard in the beginning, especially like as we're rolling out slowly. So we we need people who kind of get it and can kind of think on their feet to help kind of um, kind of blow that up. Right? There's so many cool things that can be done there. Yeah, that almost just reminds me of like empire building, right? Yeah. So say say New York first, and then it's the other 49 cities, and then small communities around that. Technically, Lost Worlds could be the government. Not playing, but <laughs> I didn't want to tell you that, right? Like, if you really, yeah, if you if you think about like kind of the different approaches to when when you think about like, oh, how is Lost Worlds a metaverse? You you start realizing like, wait a minute we're right now you're standing on you could be standing on an nft you in another dimension there's nfts on you in the in the world in which you live and the way that you access that dimension is through the web app right but it's right on you it's its own metaverse but the metaverse is like in your real world you just can't see it unless you have access to it from your phone yeah no that is that is so interesting to me um so I saw that uh, you allow mentor royalties, mentor dividends, and then local payouts. And I kind of wanted to just ask a few questions on that. One, is there any sort of limit? Say say I went to my closest city and there was a drop. Is there any cap on the amount that I can buy or I could just buy them all up? Or Yeah, good question. So, you know, just really referring back to the fact that we are, uh, are a platform. And this is something that we've had a hard time really teasing out um, because of the fact that we are a platform, but we also have our internal projects. So people conflate the the two. Um, and because we're a platform, we don't really have that many, we only give parameters for projects on our platform, right? So one project that we have portals that's there, right? Minter royalties, another word for minter royalties um, for, or, or sorry, not minter royalties, minting dividends is what we call them. Um, another word for that is reflections. Like if you guys see reflectionary contracts where a percentage of the total mint is reflected back to the users based off of how much they mint. It's up to the project what they feel that reflection should be, right? Um, it's really up to the minter, right? When it comes to the the... It's up to the minter, it's up to the project in terms of how many of those NFTs actually can get minted per user, right? For portals, there is no limit. Like if you wanted to go there, you can mint as many as you want and you can sell them onto the secondary market, right? We think there's enough of each individual ones there. Right now, we're just experimenting with one with what works until there. We we added a bonding curve towards the landing marks, landmarks, sorry, landing marks, the landmarks um, in order to kind of, prevent people from kind of just aping in and just buying up the whole thing. Um, and there's just other forms of mechanisms, but right now, because it's early on, we're doing different types of experiments to play that play, play around with that. But other projects can kind of play and put whatever form of mechanisms, DeFi mechanisms within the parameters that we give them um, on the platform. I see. Yeah, no. And that makes sense too, because like you can't control everybody. Exactly. Um, but I did have another question about the big payday. Yes. Can you elaborate how that works? What percentage uh, or what amount of money do the stakeholders get? What does it pay out in? Um, <laughs> yeah. Big payday is like my my favorite thing. So big pay, I don't know. Like this is like, again, big payday was something that I came up with from my, just from me being a, like a filthy degen. All right. I don't know if you guys ever, um, if you guys ever got into to Hex, some people love it as a scam and they talk about scam. And like when Hex first launched, they had this thing called the Big Payday. And all Big Payday was, was this event trigger that allowed certain funds that release based off of um, different mechanisms, right? AKA pumpamentals is, is kind of what they would call it. So the way that we incorporated this concept of, of a Big Payday is that at there's different iterations and there's different ways that this potentially could live or this way that, that it does live, right? Ooh, the it's Everything is based off of location on our platform. So if, say for example, let's, let's say we're talking about the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco and there's a, a thousand NFTs at the Golden Gate Bridge at San Francisco and say they call, all cost one AVAX each, right? 
there is a you know it takes a certain amount of time for people to 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 mint them and then there's also a secondary market in where people are trading say the golden gate bridge for the empire state building nft every time that those nfts are traded a portion of those trading fees get associated or sorry not trading every time those nfts are bought or sold in the secondary market so say for example the uh golden gate bridge nft gets sold in the secondary market a portion of those selling fees get sent back and held at the location and when that location fully mints right say the san francisco a thousand of them mint right all of those accumulated trading fees get distributed to every single current and existing holder of the that golden gate bridge nft now that is just one way in which we could utilize big payday big payday is just an event right we can incentivize this by you know sweetening the pot by saying like oh we're gonna throw in an extra 100 AVAX or 1,000 AVAX um, to get that location to full mint. Because here's the thing that we do that that's different and something that we have to cover for is because our NFT drops are location-based, there's a higher chance that these things don't, you know, mint out immediately like some of the, the faster projects. And for us, that's very much okay because it creates the experience like, oh, I have to travel there. Shit, I hope it doesn't run out before I get there next week or or tomorrow. But we still need to incentivize that action of happening. And we also want to incentivize trading on the secondary market. So we use Big Payday as an event trigger to, to get people to foment with different um, incentive mechanisms, whether it be through trading fees, whether it be through... Um, uh, sweetening the pot through just kind of dropping AVAX in the pool and distributing them towards the existing holders of NFTs at any given location. That yeah, that's super interesting. I like that. And a question that actually just spawned from that is: so I'd be interested to see like how do you target market like your demographics, right? Or do you just pick random like random spots for now? Um, yeah. Like, how would you know where to? the most people are yeah good question so um with portals we we and we immediately as a project with portals what we 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 did was is um we looked at all of the the top delegation nodes for avalanche like this is early days like we looked at all the the delegation nodes for avalanche it's like wait where are the most concentrated amount of people who hold avax tokens are and that's the reason why we had the top six locations that we have right now. So it is New York, which is the Empire State Building, the Louvre in Paris, um, Brandenburg Gate in Germany, um, the, uh, the Hagia Sophia in Istanbul, obviously, because it's, you know, Eminist or Gun is Turkish. Um, uh, what's the other two that I am forgetting right now? Did I say the Golden Gate Bridge? Um, and... The sixth one would be, well, there's New York, uh, Golden Gate Bridge, Turkey, Paris, Germany, Singapore. Yeah, so those are six. Yeah, that is that's super sick. Um, and I also saw on your website uh, about an airdrop. Is there a certain date or, um, I guess, activities that a user has to do in order to get, I guess, qualified for the airdrop when it does come out? Yeah, good question. So um, there definitely will be different forms of airdrops that, that are going to be launching over, just stay tuned over probably the next week or, or two. The best thing that you can do is definitely join the the both the Twitter and the Discord, uh, all the both Twitters, right? So Lost Worlds NFT and then portals underscore NFT, and then the Discord for Lost Worlds. Um, we're always dropping kind of what activity is there. Um, a lot of it will be a function of um, kind of usage of the platform before the token, but then there are also maybe NFT airdrops specific to projects. And that'll be, there's different ways that that'll happen. Some of them will be relative to kind of NFTs that you own within the ecosystem, as well as just kind of engagement with us on the platform uh, as well. So there's, there's some cool stuff coming down the pipeline, right? We're, 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 we're moving in like five different ways right now. That's awesome. I just joined your Discord uh, after you said that. So Fire. I'm in there. I'll be locked in. <laughs> Glad you're in there, man. So yeah, anybody in there who wants to kind of just join our Discord and kind of help with with, with our community building. And also one thing just as a note about our Discord, right? Um, you know, 
we're we're kind of like we're weirdly deep in this space right if you look at there's an AMAs section in there we're bringing on some of like the big projects in our like just text AMAs um we may start doing more like twitter space AMAs but we do a lot of stuff in discord right we had the good bridging team on there we had the appas i don't know if you guys are familiar like that's kind of like the the big nft project that's my pfp that you see as an appa uh right there um and we're the big that's we had them kind of in our Discord. Um, and, you know, our our community is about spreading love. And, you know, so the, those are the types of people we want uh, uh, with us. So it's like, how do we create different forms of engagement? How do we really kind of support each other? Um, that's kind of the way the Avalanche ecosystem is. Until we all become, like, disgustingly rich and just, you know, you know how, like, rich people are. Like, we all hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. No. Uh, you- uh, the Discord AMAs are what I, from what I've seen, is really good just for the the growth, right? Because um, everyone in the Discord can participate. But on Twitter Spaces, it's also really good because, you know, at as you know, on Twitter Spaces, it they just pop up at the top, right? right? Like you don't even have to be following necessarily you guys, just like a friend. Say I have a friend that's in your chat, and then I see it and I hop in. So it's definitely a good way to grow. Uh, all your social networks is AMAs on all platforms. The only one that has given me trouble is Telegram AMAs. Um, it's you got like thirty we, plus people in Telegram. We have a Telegram, honestly. Like we literally have a Telegram. I don't think I've looked at that Telegram once. I don't even, think, and I think people join it but say nothing. Like we don't pay attention to that Telegram at all. It's actually pretty funny. Um, yeah, what I've noticed with Telegram is a lot of um. I don't even want to say European because it's it, it is European, but it's also Southeast Asia. It's just a lot of different countries um, rather than the U.S. that that use Telegram as a form of communication. And in Telegram, like I'm in a bunch of like random Telegram. Like, you know, I have my friends in Telegram groups. I like, I communicate with a lot of people at Ava Labs and Avalanche and just all of them in the space and Telegram and messaging. But like the big Telegram groups. It's just a lot of shit posting and shilling in there, right? Like it's and it's just nonstop and like you can't keep up and you're just like, why? Why am I doing this? Like this feels dirty and I don't like it. So that's I I tend to like I'm like I'm usually good on that. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> People love coming in there to show the projects <laughs> and whatnot. Yeah, I have to ban our Discord because it'll just come, you know spam an nft project oh and you're just like okay, just dude. create a channel called chill central like that's what we do and then people just know like where they can just dump their garbage and then like go ahead have fun over there bro yeah that that we have an off top uh not for base base but the company i work for it we have an off topic uh page that people post stuff like that. and um but yeah so i just wanted to ask you where you see personally lost worlds in like a year or two i know it's kind of hard to to project in the future with a space that's growing this fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but just from your personal experience, what, what do you think that Lost World, where do you think Lost Worlds will be in about a year or two? Yeah, I mean, Lost Worlds very specifically, like like we said before, Lost Worlds is a primitive, right? Lost Worlds will be, um, in my view, the, the chain link of location-based NFTs, hopefully not in price action, but at least in utility, um, <laughs> is what we... Lost Worlds will probably end up being the base, the the base kind of events primitive, the base location based primitive, the the best the base like kind of branding primitive um, for for users in, in the space, right? A, you know, my joke is like Avalanche is the better Ethereum and Lost Worlds is the better Pope, right? Um, you know, just in terms of like collecting and things of that nature, we see, we definitely see that. And um, we also have like some really cool, like gaming alpha that we haven't announced yet. Right. That I think is going to blow people out of the water where you realize like, Oh shit, these guys really might be closer to a Pokemon go than we ever really realized. And then Niantic may come knocking on the door and then we really have to fight. Um, So that's those are that's those are some of the cool things that we see coming and, and yeah my my ethos and when i tell everybody i was like lost worlds is forever right and and that's a that's a function of the the nfts being able to live forever right we use our weave um or we're, we're integrating our weave to 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 ensure that those those there's long-term storage for the nfts um 
as well as just making sure that we do become a, a, a mainstay within the, the this specific ecosystem. Yeah, that that's super exciting. Um, and just like uh, another personal question, I guess, is where do you see NFTs in general, right? Like that, that's a wide variety, right? You know, you could have deeds of houses, you could have, you know, a wide span of things. Where do you see NFTs just kind of in the future? Yeah, I, I, I think I think uh, we'll see a lot of people following our lead where first, like, how do we bring NFTs into the real world? How do we bring more utility to NFTs, right? Utility to NFTs is really where you're, you're seeing it. Like you're starting to see a little bit of how uh, the DeFi exposure to NFTs, right? Uh, liquidity providing to NFTs. NFTX is like a really good example on the Ethereum blockchain that he, you know, what's his name? Squirrel needs to like move over to Avalanche. I should probably DM him that. Um, just because it's, you know, to, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that platform where you can like per, stake your NFTs in like a pool and in essence get like almost like a stable coin or like a, a token, a liquid token rel- that is representative of that NFT, right? So there's like, at the end of the day, all an NFT is is a smart contract, right? So you can do things with it, and I and I think the experimentation we're still in that early stage where creative, unique ideas are going to create really unique use cases for for NFTs. I don't think people really understand what NFTs are outside of just art. Like even us, it's like we don't want to just be an art platform. Like we want what if you were to drop documents at specific locations all over the world, right? Um, we airdrop, you know, kind of important documents and the only place you can get them is, is through the app. And, you know, those are the, those are the kind of cool things that I think will, will happen. I think there will be a shakeout um, from the, the high art aspect of it. Um, that, but that first, but it, I don't know if that's going to come before or after a migration from ETH ETH maxis coming, ETH kind of NFT maxis coming over to the other chains. You see what's happening in gaming and Solana um, and questioning, and I'm kind of getting all over the place with this here, but it's to, it's to say like kind of where do, where does the NFT ecosystem, which may not necessarily be blockchain focus or crypto focus, and they just care about like the, the cool aspects of things. Um, what will they care about? Like, do they care about decentralization? Because if they don't, then Solana is going to really take off in terms of gaming, right? Because that shit's not decentralized. Like that thing breaks all every two seconds, but it's fast and people like it, right? And, you know, you can you can find stuff over there. But, it, but if you do care about decentralization, if you do care about composability, if you do care about um, scalability and cool things like subnets, then... Um, you know, Avalanche might be the, the place for, for you to be. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm, it'll be interesting to see what happens as more non-crypto native people or people who are, whose first entrance into the crypto space is through NFTs start changing kind of the, the, the brew of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable technologically within this space and how that affects um, utility, either from the point of view of right true utility in a decentralized fashion, or like fake utility, where it's just like, hey, we're using this entirely centralized thing and we're calling it an NFT. All right. So those those are like just kind of my just general high thoughts. I probably have a lot more thoughts, but um, you know, it's it's an interesting time um, to be in the space. It always is. Yeah, no, and I, I totally agree. You brought up a lot of great points. I think we'll slowly start seeing anything that you could physically own now that you digitally own, like just a smart contract and it just shows ownership. Um, I think that's really cool. So that was all of my questions. Um, I'm gonna pass it to you two, and we also typically do like community questions at the end if you're good on time. For sure. And, uh, and one- yeah, let's do the community questions, guys. If you if you have any questions. Request in, uh, just hit that request button, and we'll let you on. We'll give it a few seconds. But Quayson, in the meantime, this has been uh, super interesting. And like, I definitely envision like some sort of tra- treasure hunt game uh, being put on. Too much on alpha. There. Too much like, alpha. Guess... It's happening, man. Like, uh, if if <laughs> well, here I'll I'll share this, you know, with you if if no one kind of has any questions, right? Um, just as some just general alpha. Um, if you know the big thing has been generative projects, but 
what if there was what what would a location based gender what would location generative projects look like right what would that actually how would that happen what would that look like um and those are some of the things that we've been thinking about in terms of making something like this really sticky and in terms of a game right where random randomized nfts just pop up at random places all over near you wherever you are um so you know look out <laughs> yeah i could see that i could see like hey like visit every chick-fil-a location right for sure and each chick-fil-a location has like a unique nft and then when you collect all those nfts maybe you get some sort of token drop or some special reward exactly right? or you know like you get a year of free chick-fil-a if you go to every single um chick-fil-a right they, yeah the 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 applications are are ridiculous. We have these conversations with these brands every like all the time, and like we're we're starting to build some of that behind the scenes outside of the Lost Wells platform. But we want to build the community side first as well, too. So like that's we definitely see it. Yeah, cool. Uh, we don't have any questions, I guess. Uh, Clayton, if you want to like plug your stuff, like plug like where where people can find Lost Worlds, where they can stay up to date. Yeah, I was trying to plug it and trying to drop a, a tweet, but it doesn't seem like it. But in, in essence, the, the best way to kind of hit us, right, is just the Lost Worlds NFT. You can see, you can see the the icon right there. So it's Lost Worlds NFT. You guys got me. I'm here. Uh, cool. I'm here. Yeah, somebody was calling me. And so it's uh, at Lost Worlds NFT and then portals underscore NFT. Um, and then the, the Discord, the lostworlds.io is the website. And those, those are like those are the, the best places to, to find us. There's like lots coming out over the next couple of weeks. Like we've just been building so much behind the scenes and it, people are just going to get punched in the face with the amount of stuff that's that's coming down the pipeline. But, you know, stay up to date there. Um, and share with your friends. Let's no, go. For sure. <laughs> well, question. Just appreciate, appreciate the time. I, uh, go, my bad. You too. Go for it. Oh, I was just saying, like, we just appreciate you taking the time to, to speak to us and educate us about Lost Worlds, man. I'm, I'm pumped about this project. Sure, man. I appreciate coming on, man. And anytime, I'll probably just pop in one, one day random and just start talking shit. We can talk about more Matrix stuff anytime you guys want. <laughs> let's do it all right we do have your put this on youtube yeah, yeah correct? You're, good, you're good to go uh, my i just okay, don't cool. tell my mom yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right guys stay based peace guys peace stay based everybody